Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org. The title of this talk is Pick It Up, Put It Down. And I think that you'll come to understand what I'm getting at at the very end. It doesn't start out that way. When I was growing up, I lived on the East Coast, so and not very close to the beach. Once or twice a summer, we'd pack all into the car, take a couple hour drive, and go to the shore. And those are the best days of our lives as kids, just the best. You know, you're there, it's sunny, you're in the waves, you play frisbee, you lay on your towels, you go back to the waves, you pick up shells, you just can't get enough of it. We would stay and stay and stay and stay. And, you know, it took a lot to get all the kids back into the car and we lived in that moment. And it was almost magical, you know, we were just absolutely as children absorbed in the situation. We just, we were there, right? present. We knew how to be present. <clears throat> so last week, I lived fairly close to the beach. I thought I'd take a walk at the beach and just try to regain that because I was thinking about that and it was spring finally. And you know, I just so much wanted to be there and as I'm walking low tide and trying to feel the sound and trying to, okay, that's, I'm not paying attention when you do my breathing. Oh keep getting carried away by my thoughts. Well, I try all the tricks, you know, okay? <laughs> we all have our kind of handbag of things to go to, but it was frustrating, and, and I couldn't help but get carried away into this situation that's been so ongoing in my life uh, for a few years. And it is emotionally charged, but it really does die out, and it's just one of those nagging things that reoccur, and I'm finding myself strategizing. If they do this, then I'll, you know. Or maybe I should proactively and playing this game, you know. Okay, and you know I know better, you know, all these years, right? You know, okay. Here I am. So I, it, it, it's just maddening when this happens to you, right? So I sat down and I said, "What's going on? What's going on? What is it that's..." happening and I'm just so full of myself I can't see it. I'm just, you know, and, you know, and I wanted to be there at the beach, you know, okay? So I was also getting myself, you know, just having this like argument with myself like there were two me's going on. So my mind was living somewhere else but I was there at the beach. And James Joyce said, Mr. Duffy lived a short distance from his body. <laughs> yeah, okay. And that was kind of what I was doing, you know. I was, uh, I, I've often had this thing, well, what's so bad about thoughts, right? You know, okay, well, that's where I'm at. I'm in my thoughts. But it's, and it is the one tool we have to organize our world. This is, we need thoughts. But these kind of thoughts that organize the world so well, they take us out of the reality of where we're at. You know, and that's my problem with them. It isn't even really about their content at that time. I was just like, I can't be here. So Huntington Beach is a south-facing beach, and all the swell comes that way, and that's why you get a lot of uh, surfing there. But you also get a lot of debris at the beach. Mm -hmm. So as I walked, I 
picked up some trash, you know. I thought I'd make myself useful since it was futile to really do what I wanted to do. I, and I thought it was a way to kind of like, okay, let's get physical, and I can pick up some trash, you know. So I picked up this straw, and now I'm thinking things about trash. Like, really? You know, <laughs> okay, how's this end up on the beach? You know, this, now I'm getting grumpy about it. And, you know, some people, you know, I'm just like now on other people and doing all this judgment. And, you know, and then, you know, candy wrappers, some people's children, you know. <laughs> and I, I just, you know, I'm torturing myself now. And this is like, oh my gosh. You know, <laughs> I'm just making thoughts about trash now. You know, a stream of judgment about others, you know. And I'm still, even more so, actually, struggling between that ease of being that I wanted to have at the beach, like when I was a kid, and what's really going on here. So there's this great cartoon I always remember. I always liked. I wish I could actually blow it up and just have it here, because it's better to have a visual aid than tell somebody this. But this guy's standing at a return window at a department store, and he's telling the clerk, this white noise machine is muffling all the sounds of the outdoor traffic just fine, but it hasn't stopped the nagging thoughts in my head. <laughs> and that's, you know, I'm here with the waves, you know? You'd think at least that, you know, if you spend the day at the beach, your head is full of those waves, you're in that rhythm. But it wasn't happening. So I surrendered, and I went and sat down up on some rocks, and I just sat, sat sat and sat and sat and you know it kept going but after a while it slowed down you know that's I didn't want I wanted to be there but instead I'm sitting here again and I saw the struggle then for what it really was what was going on it isn't about that emotionally charged annoying situation you know that just has its place in life you know or about what other people do with trash and how it ends up there and the shape the world's in. And, and you guys are probably, I know that many of you are very sophisticated and very practiced, and you probably know what was really at the root of all this. We're all made of the same stuff, and we all have the same nature. There's an uncountable number of causes and conditions that made us what we are. I know that if I grew up in South Central, I'd be a gang member. I, I just know it. You know, okay? That would be, you know, and, you know, and I could put myself in any situation. That's, you know, you would be a, a different person, a, a different being in some ways. You know, we have our learned behaviors. We have our habitual responses and snap judgments. This is just how we need to, how we live, how we operate in the world, right? But really underneath it all, what I was trying to do was reassure myself that I'm okay. That I'm on the right side of that argument and what I'm doing. I'm it, you know. This is about me and I'm reinforcing that person that I am, having to go over it and over it and plan on it. It's me kind of inventing myself again, kind of, or the version of myself that I present, right? You know, we all have a public face, a persona we put on. We, we have to work at it. We work at keeping it there. And our judgments and other things shore that up. In fact, that public face, all I'm doing is shoring up this ego 
this face that I am, who I am. That's all I'm talking about all the time in my head. But who I am is this fictitious person. If it wasn't fictitious, I wouldn't be spending so much time thinking about it. I would just be doing it. I would be it. I would just be natural, and I wouldn't have to plan these things, strategize these things, have these opinions. All I'm doing, all this mental chatter, is shoring up my ego. John Kabat-Zinn, he calls this selfing. He has a really good definition I like, so I'm sorry, but I'm going to read this to you. You know, he calls selfing that inevitable, you know, we all have it, an incorrigible tendency to construct out of almost everything in every situation an I, a me, a mine, to construct that I, me, mine, and then to operate in the world from that limited perspective, from that self-centered perspective. And it's mostly fantasy and defense. And I'm so accustomed to it, to this selfing, it creeps in. It's subtle. We hardly notice it until it's driving us crazy. But it happens all the time. There's really subtle, quiet talking. It's the story of keeping me going. We're storytelling machines, and the story is about us. It's always about me. We were in the same story. It's about you. No, it's about me. <laughs> you know, we would have an argument about that if we really got down to it. All these thoughts from the ego are driven by fear, though. And when you realize that, you say, what is it? The fear is even subtle. It's a fear that if I don't do that, if I don't be somebody, if I don't assert myself out there, then I'm nobody. And that fear of no being nobody is a strong fear. Some people call it ego annihilation. It sounds too big when I first heard it. I didn't know what anybody would scribble that down, you know, <laughs> look that up sometime. But that's really driving so much. It's the motivating factor for so much of what I think and therefore what I do. I have to watch those motivations. Watch it even about that annoying situation. <laughs> we are so separate from our true nature, we look for who we are outside of ourselves. And we do this all the time. Somebody gives me a compliment, I feel really pleased. I'm, that's me. But if they give me a criticism, I feel diminished. Who feels pleased and who feels diminished? Who is this I? You know, this, the outside world doesn't define what your true nature is, who you are. But this is natural for us to do. And it's unnatural for us to watch it and question it. It's hard. That is our practice. Zen Master Sun Song said in his extremely pithy way of Zen, put it all down. Just put it all down. <laughs> put it all down. But in this context, I get it. Okay? I was picking up these thoughts. I'm holding them. And I'm nurturing them almost and letting them carry me away. And it's a choice. I can put them down. I can just let them go. When you stop trying to make yourself into more than who you are, stop trying to make yourself into more than who you are, out of that fear that you're less than who you are, what we all have, whoever you really are 
will be able to be lighter and happier. Rumi called it, or instructed, be like snow, melting snow, wash yourself of yourself. Wash yourself of yourself. When that happens, like that kid at the beach, you can become spontaneous. You're going to be genuine and authentic. You'll find your true self. We all pick up trash. And, it's not, and it is always all about you in your head. We have that self-centered nature. But we can practice putting it down, and we do. That is the path to freedom from suffering. Before you call me on it, I realized this talk was all about me. <laughs> I did this and I went, oh boy. <laughs> so thank you for your time. And uh, thank you very much. I don't know, it's a choice whether to split up into groups or have a group discussion. I'm with the group side. Or Wendy. <laughs> I think we have time to do a small group and group discussion. And it sounds like a good topic is just that pick it up, put it down, right? Mm -hmm. You that, can just pick specifics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So maybe breaking up in groups of three to four. Does that sound good? And um, we'll um, just what, what came up for you this morning? for others we have to have a reason outside of us you know to draw us and to make it meaningful and that's what makes our practice meaningful and it because we're doing things for others which you are it's helping you that's how you help yourself sometimes it's nice just to feel the silence in the room with your eyes open you notice that mm -hmm. I love. <laughs> 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 I'm like Brad. It's so out today. I like loving Brad. It was the first word I ever So notice what sitting is like with your eyes open. This is a lovely moment before anyone speaks or where our minds are filled with something. What is it like to sit and feel your body and have your eyes open? In my case, it's a lot of, what could I say? Should I say something? Mm -hmm. yeah. Should I wait for someone else to say something? Mm -hmm. And maybe even noticing that there's a little bit of fullness in saying nothing.
one thing I picked up recently was, uh, well, more than recently, happens a lot, is this, you know, negative self-talk kind of thing, mm -hmm. like, what's wrong with you, or why can't you do this right, you know? Um, and then to put that down is really difficult. And so when I was able to do that the other day, I was really happy because it's just like a waste of time <laughs> to talk to myself like that. And, and then it just brings me down and it's not, I'm not doing myself any favors. It's just like harming myself and I want to love myself and uh, be kind to myself and be happy. So I realized like, I just want to be aware of when I'm doing that negative self-talk and then kind of to be able to snap out of it takes a lot because it's like you're going, you know, downhill in a train and it's just like, <sighs> right? And then yeah. to be able to stop that train is very hard. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of my, what I'm working on at the moment. And, uh, and so that's what I thought of when you said, you know, pick it up, put it down. Right. Hmm. I recently had something... I couldn't believe it. Little voices, you know, I, I'm um, trying to qualify for a certain level of practicing guitar, classical guitar, pra step over a certain <coughs> level so you have to give a performance. Mm -hmm. Practice for that, and this little voice, oh, here it comes, you're going to blow it. <laughs> you know, those kind of things, all this negative talk about, you know, and, and it is so hard. It took a week to get this out of my head. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. And it is so hard. It's some little, if you're a programmer, some little thread spinning around in your head that just keeps coming back. Yeah. And you have to start being your own best friend. You wouldn't have a friend that talks like you, to you like this. Right? You know? There's not, and there's not two of you in there, one negative and one you, one, you know? There's something about unifying that and being your friend. I don't have a cure, though. I wish I had. I'd, I'd take the pill. <laughs> we were talking about that and physical things that we do for ourselves um, when we start spinning like that. Uh, for example, uh, both of us found that we actually physically open our hand when we get like really we're grasping we're clinging that we actually can physically open our hand and not only just let it go but maybe just hold it like lightly uh -huh. and for me i know when i get into a lot of this self uh, talk i have to put my hand on my heart and maybe both of my hands and i have to just love myself and uh, just the physical contact is very comforting and it really seems to diminish the thought process, that negative talk. And uh, so we both did, uh, and we were all talking about that, the physical things that we can do to kind of break that thought cycle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Tara Brock talks about putting your hand even to your cheek, mm -hmm. you know, and saying kind of, or what words, you know, even if they sound a little corny out loud in a group, you know, they're there, or things that you would tell a child, mm -hmm. you know, because really we have physically these things in us from, you know, things that happened when we were children we didn't understand that kind of maybe that unsettled thing fuels some of this, mm -hmm. 
And so just comforting it lessens and acknowledging it too. So it's coming together. Do you want to do the meta? Sure. Thank you. Fumble, fumble. May all sentient beings have happiness and the causes of happiness. May all sentient beings be free from suffering and the causes of suffering. May all sentient beings never be separated from the happiness that knows no suffering. May all sentient beings live in equanimity, free from attachment and aversion. You have just listened to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.